the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. We got it. Mark 1, 1, 2, 3. <clears throat> the word gospel literally means good news. Now, as we read the reference or the record of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, there are four books that, that tell us about his life on this earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Three of these books use the term gospel. One does not. John does not use the term gospel in, in his record concerning the life of Jesus. Mark begins his book with the word gospel, and he ends it with gospel. Matter of fact, he says, uh, to begin with, he, he talks about the beginning of the gospel. And at the end, he says, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. Now, Matthew uses the term and sometimes will modify it by talking about the gospel of the kingdom. He uses it four or five times. And Luke, he talks about the gospel. His, his is sort of a mixture, but he mentions something the others do not. He's, he talks about the gospel that Jesus is preaching being the gospel to the poor. So, when we talk about the word gospel, we, we have the advantage of looking back and analyzing what it's talking about. It means good news. Now, all news is not good, obviously. But the term gospel, as it's presented in the word, means good news. So Mark is saying there's some good news. And so does Luke, and so does, uh, so does uh, Matthew. John doesn't, doesn't say anything about it. But they were announcing the fact that there was good news coming. And obviously, when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about good news coming to us as well. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, at verse 8 through 10 says, Be not therefore ashamed of the, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given unto us by Jesus Christ before the world began. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. From our vantage point now, we look back and we, we say, okay, this was good news to these people. And in order to understand that, we almost have to understand where they were, what they were expecting. And when we look at it, we, we, um, as, we as we read the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, we, we look at it and understand that they may not have known what they were expecting. Some were expecting good news. Others were expecting not so good news. But when... John the Baptist began to preach. He said, it is good news. But he, he, he added a qualifier to that. He said, uh, it's good news. And the good news is you have to repent. So basically, what was happening was that the, uh, the prophets who were the spokesmen for God that began talking about God, and most of them would say, thus saith the Lord, when they wrote their books, 
These prophets had been silent for almost 400 years. Nobody had been talking to them about what God was saying to them specifically. So for four centuries, God had not sent anyone to this earth to say anything about what he wanted them to know. Obviously then, when somebody began to talk on the behalf of God, they were going to be interested in what he was going to say. Now, John said it's good news. Jesus said it was good news. The apostles said it was good news. And yet, for some of them, it may not have, some of them didn't take it as good news. To them, it was not. Now, for us to actually understand what it means when we read the term gospel and good news, we have to understand that it, it was not always good news to everybody, and news is not always good to us. And even though it is good news, it's not always good news to us. We are creatures of habit, and we are people of a society. And when we hear news, we have to modify that news by our own personal standings, what we know. There are three things that take place within us, and it's all subjective when, when it comes to news. In order for it to be good news, three things have to happen. Okay? Follow me. We have to be aware of our situation, our surroundings. If we're not aware of ourselves, we won't know whether it's good or bad news. Matter of fact, it may not even be news to us. The second thing we need to do, we need to have, is we need to be connected. It has to mean something to us personally. And then the third thing that is involved in good news is that we, we have to be responsible for the news. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through this. We're just talking about us now. We're talking about how we accept news and how it becomes news to us, good news. It has to be relevant to us, and we have to be aware of our own situation. If we're not aware of where we are, who we are, and our relationship to everything else, it makes no difference what kind of news it is. It can't be good news. The news gains perspective when we're affected personally by the news. And intelligently, we have to know something before it becomes good news. Looking back at these folks that Jesus came to, they were all a quiver at that time, wanting, expecting something from God. They expected something. They were anticipating something. So when the news broke, they were aware of their situation, who they were, where they were, what their circumstances were. So that's what we have to be. We have to be aware of that before it, it becomes news to us. Let's, let's talk about it in terms of danger. Oftentimes, we will try to protect people. Specifically, we'll try to protect our children and people that we are concerned with. We'll try to protect them from bad news. You know what? We'll, we'll try to shelter them. We'll try to keep them in ignorance, as a matter of fact. We'll try to hold, hover over them, make sure that they don't know what's going on around them. They're not aware of their situation. So whatever happens, it's going to be a surprise. 
one way or the other. It'll be, it'll be, it'll, it'll dawn on them eventually what kind of news it is. Awareness in terms of danger then puts us in a personal participation situation. If we're aware of our situation, if we know where we are, who we are, and what our surrounding is, then we can anticipate good news. For instance, good news. The hurricane is going to miss the coast. Maybe we don't even know there's a hurricane. So it's no news to us, not good news to us. You see what I'm saying? We don't even know whether we're on the coast where the hurricane is coming. Okay? We're unaware. We're blithely unaware of our situation. We may be on the coast. If we're on the coast where the hurricane's coming, man, it's good news. It missed us. Good news. It stopped raining and the river is receding. Good news. It stopped raining. Maybe it wasn't raining where I was living. So that's not good news to me. I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware of the river rising. I don't know. I don't know that I'm in any danger at all. So it's not good news to me. Good news. The fires, wildfires are under control. Where? Montana. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Now we can be altruistic about this. And we'll talk about that in a minute, about being concerned about other places. But right now, we're talking about the good news to us. The drought is over. It's going to rain again. Well, if we weren't in a drought or we weren't aware of a drought, then the news actually doesn't impact. You see what I'm saying? Good news, it doesn't impact me because I'm unaware of the situation. Good news, the vaccine has been developed for this raging, deadly disease. Now, we can relate to that in terms of COVID. That was good news, wasn't it? Let me give you some, some other insight into this. Back in the 1940s and 50s, in this world, there was an epidemic that was raging. It was called poliomyelitis. Now, maybe you know everything about poliomyelitis. I don't, but I know enough about it to know that it was extremely extremely dangerous. It had no cure and it still has no cure. There is no cure available for poliomyelitis. If you get it, you're going to be paralyzed somewhere. We, uh, of course, I'm familiar. I didn't have it, but I'm familiar. I had a member of the family had it, paralyzed their leg. They didn't go into an iron lung because the poliomyelitis can paralyze the chest muscles and they had to develop what was called an iron lung to keep these people alive. We had friends who died from poliomyelitis. But I remember this when I was a kid in Texas it doesn't rain a lot 17 inches per year where I was from Bonnie and I and uh, at that time poliomyelitis was the scare was there everybody was concerned about it when it rained in Texas that was a wonderful time for us kids because it made mud puddles and as kids we could we could slosh around in the in the mud puddles we could go out and play in the rain but we couldn't play in the rain during this scare we couldn't couldn't go outside and play in the rain and it was good news to us that they had a vaccine now we can play in the rain 
Now we can go out. Now we can be, you see what, what I'm talking about? We were aware of our situation at that time. And when the news came that Jonas Salk had developed a vaccine that stopped this stuff cold, good news. Good news. Obviously, however, if we're unable to process that information, if we didn't know, if our parents never told us, never had any idea about it, Jonas Salk meant nothing to us. You see what I'm saying? Good news has to be to someone who is aware of their personal situation. The second thing is, you have to be connected somehow to the news. You've got to be connected to it. Uh, in order for the good news to be good news, you have to be vitally a part of it. You, to, as they say in sports sometimes, you're not concerned about the game unless you have some skin in the game, which means you have something at risk. It means that you have something that you have invested in the news. You, you see what I'm saying? So if, if you have nothing invested of yourself personally in the news, altruistic, okay. Altruism says, I'm happy, I'm happy they've got the wildfires contained in Montana. But if I lived in Montana, I'd really be happy. You see? I'm glad the, I'm glad the hurricane's passing over Louisiana. If I was in Louisiana, I would, I would revel in that news and the water receding and so forth. I have to have a connection to the news. If I don't have a connection, I have, I have no investment in it. it. It doesn't make any difference to me. Let's just, let's just take this a little step further. And I hope you're following this in terms of your relationship with God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm invested in my reputation. You are with yours. I want people to at least accept me, maybe not like me, but at least accept me. And I want to have a good reputation. If I'm a dentist, for instance, I want to have a good reputation as being painless potter of the dentist. I want people to come to me and not fear me because I'm going to pull their teeth or fill their teeth, whatever it may be. I want a good reputation. And when I get good reports back, you see, I get good news. And the good news is he's a good dentist and I'm going to do good business. I'm invested in that news. What do I care if this guy's a good dentist or not, unless I've got a bad tooth? You, you see, I may be altruistic, concerned about him and his reputation, or her and her reputation as a dentist, but I have nothing invested in that good news, that they are good, unless I have some problem with my tooth. The same thing is with the romance. Here's a young, young person that's, madly in love with the, with the flower of his eye. And he gets news from the, her friend that she's interested in him. That's good news. I could care less whether she's interested in him or not. You could either. You see, I'm not connected. I have no skin in the game. I have nothing invested in that news. So it doesn't really affect me. A raise is coming. A monetary raise is coming. Everybody's going to get a raise. If everybody includes me, then I'm connected. You follow? I'm deeply connected because my financial gain is there also. Okay. So this is, this, is, this is where we have to be. We have to be connected, somehow connected to the news. Why do people not be, why are people not concerned about the gospel of Jesus Christ? They're not connected. 
Jesus Christ? Yes, they know, most they know, Jesus Christ, the superstar, the play. You know, but the point is, you have to be connected. And you have to be in, tough, in touch with reality, really. The news must necessarily be about you. Somehow you're connected to that news, and it means something to you. It's about what you've invested yourself in. You care about the news. You are emotionally and psychologically involved in that news. Okay? Number three. Responsible. Okay, now when the news comes out, and it's good news, you're aware of your circumstance, and by aware I mean that you know that you are here on this earth, that God is your creator, and you're aware of your circumstance. Now then, you are connected to Jesus Christ, and you're responsible, which means that you react in some way. You have a reaction to that news. That news will be meaningless if we choose to disengage from it. If we just put it aside, even though it's good news, even though we know it's for our well-being, we ignore the content, and we behave as if we're not involved at all, just like the salt vaccine. Okay, good news is there is a vaccine against poliomyelitis. But if I just set that aside and say, I'm disengaging, I, I'm not, that doesn't, doesn't affect me at all, not, so, not whatsoever, just, Nothing to have nothing to do with me at all. I'm disengaged from that. I, it's not going to be good news to me. But I have to be responsible in terms of that news. I have to be responsible and recognize that that involves me. That I'm I'm a vital part of this. I can't disdain the fact that that I'm part of it because it impacts me. It impacts you. It in, impacts. But specifically, it's impacting me. I can't be oblivious to it. I can't be too busy. I can't be too busy entertaining my own pursuits. I have to acknowledge the news and recognize that it pertains to me. All right. I can't say that I'm not involved in the information. I can't choose to ignore an intelligent position on it and, uh, and, and just accept my status quo. Now, as believers, I'm going to go back here. I think I'll go forward to go back maybe. Go back, go forward. <laughs> aware. Being aware of our circumstances in terms of the gospel of Jesus Christ in, in that framework means that we know where we stand with God. We know where we stand. Why These people that Jesus and John the Baptist and the apostles first came to were entirely aware of their standing before God. They knew that they had been created by God. They were the creation of God. They knew that they had a responsibility before God. They knew they were aware of their situation. They were aware that they were His children. And so when John came and preached to them, he said, Repent. And I'm sure that was a stunner to them. It was a shocker. It was a shocker. It stunned them into activity. He said, Repent. That was the news the good news, the good news is you have to repent. Why? Because you're not acceptable before God. They, you know, they had the idea that some of this news would be better for some than it would be for others. It was the same for everybody. Some of them said, no, we're not, uh, we're, we're not, we're not involved in this. They had to be aware. And the awareness that we have is the same that they had. We have to be aware that we are in sin. 
and that we are in danger. We are on dangerous ground. We're on treacherous ground. We're on trembling earth. That's where we are. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we know that we will ultimately be judged by God. And we need to have someone there to help us out. That's why Jesus came, of course. Romans 14.10 says, We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, we can be oblivious to the danger. We can ignore it. We can uh, not even recognize our situation. We can wake up in the morning like a goose in a new world and look around and think, well, this is what it is, and it's nothing more than just this, and I'm going to make the best of it as I can and not even think about it. You understand why you're having a hard time teaching someone the gospel of Jesus Christ? They're not aware of their circumstances. They're totally oblivious to it. They don't know they're in danger. They have no idea that bad things are coming. No concept. They don't know their circumstances. Do you know yours? Well, sure. I know you know yours because you're here. Romans 14.10 says, We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 12 says, We'll give an account of himself to God. Unless we're mentally incapable of rational thought, there must come a time in our lives when we contemplate who we are and where we stand and what our final destination will be. We have to figure that out. We've got to know that the sun can't last forever. Did you know that? It cannot last forever. It'll outlast me. But things are, things are deteriorating. I'm deteriorating. I'm leaving. I'm going the way of the world. The way of the world is to go into the grave. And I have to get my circumstances and say, okay, I know where I'm at before God. Paul talked to some people in Athens, philosophers. While he was talking to them, he told them, he said, you know, God's not very far from each one of you in verse 27 of Acts chapter 17. Then he said, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. He was trying to wake them up. Don't you know that that you came from God? Don't you know that He's not far from every one of us? Don't you know that He's going to hold you responsible? There are circumstances. They had to be aware of their circumstances. We have to be aware of ours. That's the whole concept. Now, the Bible tells us that uh, as no other man or no other document can do, that we're lost and we don't know how to get out of our situation alive. We're not going to get out of this alive without Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. But unless we're aware of that circumstance, the gospel is not good news to us. We can't see our hand in front of our face for the darkness we have allowed into our hearts. And the world has flashed the light in our eyes and blinded us to our circumstance. Did you know that? That's what the devil's done. He, he's like a photographer. You're in a dark room, the photographer flashes the flash bulb in your eyes. You can't see. Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night in a dark room, fumbled around, turned on the light switch, and did whatever you need to do, come back, turn the light switch off, and can't find your way to the bed? Because you've had the flash in your eye, you, you can't see. That's what the devil's done. He's flashed in our eyes the glory and the glitter of this world, we just can't see where we're going. That's what Paul said. 
Second Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 5, it says, If our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So, in order to, for the gospel today to be good news, we have to be aware. I'm sure you're aware. But if you're wondering why your neighbor's not aware, that's the reason. They don't know the circumstances. They don't know where they are. They're not aware of the danger. Maybe we need to tell them, hey, time's coming. Day's coming. May not be too far off. You're going to have to stand and answer to God. Maybe your neighbor doesn't know this. Maybe your friend doesn't know this. Maybe your parent doesn't. Your child doesn't. Your aunt doesn't. Your uncle doesn't. Maybe not. But it's there. And until they become aware of that, the gospel is meaningless. It is not good news to them. It was to me, by the way. And I'm sure it was to you. Now we have to be connected. God sent someone to connect with us. Jesus Christ, personally. Personal connection. Not only are you aware of where you are, but it's good news that you can personally connect with Him. Not just your neighbor, not just your friend, not just someone down the street. You. Personally connect with Jesus. And He can bring, them, bring us out of our lost state, bring us out of the darkness, and bring us into light. So we can see. We can see ourselves. We can see Him. And we can see our future. In addition to that, there's a lost city of gold. Have you ever heard about El Dorado? Lost city of gold. That's where some of the Spanish conquistadors came to this country looking for it. The lost city of gold. Well, there is a lost city of gold. That's what Abraham looked for. He looked for a city which had foundations. The city of gold we're looking for is a temple of God the city of God, where God dwells, where we can dwell now. But anyway, in the beginning, John 1 at verse 1, the book, the book that doesn't use the word gospel, in the beginning, John said, was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and He was the light, and the, light was, the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Now, we can't react to the good news because we are not connected. You react to the good news because you're connected, because you let him become a vital part in your life. And the good news is, in that connection, that we have someone who will see us through our darkest moments, who will stand by us when we're the lowest, who will supply what we need in our hearts when we're in despair. We have someone who will stay there with us. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in mind, in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is someone who connects with you personally. I want you to think about it. You stick your hand out he puts his hand out and you grasp his hand and he grasps your hand and I want to tell you something he will not let go he will not turn loose you might turn loose 
But he's not going to. He will not turn loose. Regardless of your circumstance, he's not going to turn loose. Romans 8, verse 38 through 39 says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will not break the connection. Trust me. You may try to break it. He won't break it. Some of you experience this. I have. He won't turn loose. You can turn loose, but before you know it, you're going to turn around and he's there again and he's going to grab you again and he's going to get a hold and you're going to be connected. You're going to stay connected. He will not turn loose of you. He will not allow you to turn. He'll allow you to turn loose, but he won't turn loose himself. And then, of course, we are responsible. That's, that's responsibility. If I turn loose, that's my business. But the good news is one that I'm responsible for. The message of Jesus is good. I can't ignore it. I can't set it aside. I can't say it doesn't apply. I cannot be irresponsible in terms of the good news. When I won't make the effort to weigh the facts and examine the evidence and look at myself in clarity, then I, I can't accept the good news. But when I do that, when I take my responsibility seriously, not yours, not, not responsible, I'm not responsible like, like I'm, I'm, I'm altruistic about everybody else in this world. I'm talking about me now. I have to be responsible and say, okay, Lord, you and me, I'm, I'm responsible. I'll look at all the evidence, I'll look at all these things, and I'll do, I'll do my very best to walk with you. Good news. Be aware of it. Aware of where you are. Be, get connected. Get connected. You'll be surprised how tight that connection is once you make it. And be responsible. Say, okay, I know this is to me. I'm going to respond to it. It's good news, friend. It is to me, and I'm sure it is to you. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.